want to speak for just a few moments, especially towards the end, uh, about we never saw anything like this. How many believe that God still does the miraculous? Amen? Uh, and I, I believe that we can see that in our day and time, that we can see the miraculous. Uh, and there are clues here in this scripture that we'll look at. Uh, and I'm excited about the word of God today. We never saw anything like this. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, then verses 10 through 12. Let's begin. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. He was in the house. And immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, say Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Would you say that with me? We never saw anything like this. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Take a look at this first verse. It tells us that it was heard that Jesus was in the house. It was heard that Jesus was in the house. So there's something going on here in this small city of Capernaum. Jesus has showed up. He's in the house, and it's a big deal that he's in the house. How many knows it's a big deal that he's in the house? Amen? And there is something that we see, first of all, is that the Bible tells us here that uh, it was noised abroad, is what the King James says, but that the news got out that Jesus was in the house. In order for news to get out, there was no such thing as TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things. So the way that the news got out that Jesus was in the house is that people were telling others about Jesus. Uh, they said that he's in the house, and, and I've never seen anything like this. And there's miracles happening, and there's uh, people uh, being healed and, and being delivered and all of these kinds of things. You see, I want you to understand that there is a responsibility on our part as God's children to let people know that the Lord is in the house. I don't know if you come to church this morning expecting and anticipating that Jesus was here or not. I think sometimes, uh, if I'm right, and, and I'm like you and you're like me, is that sometimes we get up 
and, and we don't come with anticipation and expectation. It just feels like any other day. But what I want you to know is when the children of God come together, that God shows up, that He's in the house, uh, and when He is in the house, that anything and all things are possible for us who believe. Look at your neighbor and say, He's in the house. You see, Jesus is in the house, and it's uh, important for us to understand that. Luke begins this passage by saying, Now it happened. Can I tell you that things just happen when Jesus is in the house? Amen? Uh, it's never an ordinary day when Jesus is in the house. Uh, you see, I, I want you to know that Jesus is in this house. He really is. You and I brought him. If you're saved this morning, you have the Spirit of God living in you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and therefore Jesus is in this house. And what they experienced back then, and the healings and the miracles and all of those things, they're just as possible today. Somebody help me preach. All of those things that were possible back then, they're possible today because Jesus is in the house. Uh, if you don't get anything else this morning, I want you to know that Jesus is in this house and that every prayer that you prayed, every question that you've asked of God, every healing that you've needed in your body, every wayward son and daughter, all of those questions, all of those prayers, that they are possible because Jesus is in the house nothing is impossible when he is in this house look at your neighbor one more time say Jesus is in the house he's in the house now it happened you see things just happen when Jesus is in the house situations and circumstances have to bow when Jesus is in the house diseases and disabilities have to bow whenever Jesus is in the house. You see, everything that would come against the plan and the purpose of God, it has to bow whenever Jesus is in the house. Healing and salvation are in the house when Jesus is in the house. Deliverance is in the house. Deliverance from addiction, deliverance from the oppression of the devil, all of those things, you name it, it is all possible because Jesus is in this house. Do you feel his presence this morning? I already feel his presence. I was walking around the, the block this morning and I, I was praying all kinds of prayers and I got about three quarters away around the block and I stopped asking God for things uh, for me and for the church and all that and I just simply said, Lord, would you just come in the house? Would you just show up? Because it doesn't matter if you come, Lord. Everything will happen that you desire to happen if you just show up in the house. If you just declare, Lord, if you just decree it, God, whatever it might be, that, Lord, your will will be done because he's in the house. Here. Present with us. Not a far off kind of God. At times we may feel like he is, but he's not. He lives inside of us. Look at your neighbor one more time. Say, he's in the house. 
Jesus is in this house. And the people were spreading the word. And I have a question for you and for I this morning. Do we share that Jesus is in the house? Do you believe he's in the house? If you do, then do you share that he's in the house? They were saying there's miracles. There's healings taking place. It was creating a stir. Lives and destinies were being changed because Jesus was in the house. And the very same thing can happen here. And there's an anticipation and an expectation in my heart that God is about to do some miracles in this place. That he's about to save some souls, to heal some bodies, and to just do a mighty work amongst his children. He's here. He's here. I feel his presence. Thank you, Lord. You're here. And we should come in anticipation of the miraculous. For Jesus' presence to be here is the most important thing. As these men came with the paralytic man on the cot, on the mat... There was no room for them to get in. Because Jesus was in the house, there was no place for anybody to come in the front door or the back door or even through the windows because the house was full and overflowing. And what I want us to see this morning is that it is only the presence of God that can make that happen. For when Jesus shows up, people begin to gather. The word begins to spread that God is in the house and miracles begin to take place just because of the presence of God that is in the house. Is it all right if I brag on us a little bit as a church? I'm going to anyway, so is it all right? Amen. You see, we have some good people here in this church. We're blessed to have good musicians, good singers. We're blessed to have good leaders, good teachers, good deacons, good ministers, good pastors. All of those we're blessed to have. But if we want to experience a full house like what they saw here, it takes the presence of God. Nothing else is a substitute. There is no event that we can plan. There is no program that will take the place, hear me this morning, of the presence of Jesus being in the house. There is no substitute for that. Nothing else will do. We must have the presence of God in our midst. It's essential. It's necessary. It is the most important thing. Can I tell you that I love to come to church? I love to see you. I love to find out what's going on in your life. But there is nothing like coming together and feeling the presence of God feel this place in our hearts and lives and begin to change us and begin to grow us together and begin to do things that would be impossible if it was only with man. But Jesus is in the house. He's in this house. They couldn't get the man to Jesus. 
They couldn't get them close. No way through the front door, through the back door, through the windows. So they dug through the roof. Wow. That's some radical, crazy thing to do. It really is. I mean, we read this and we've read it before. Uh, and by the way, a lot of commentaries say that this was probably Peter's house. So imagine if you're Peter and, and, and people start pulling off the, the leaves and pulling back the uh, branches and the, all of that and the, begin to dig through the mud and, and because that's how the roof was designed. And they do all of this just to get their friend to Jesus. There is nothing uh, greater, nothing uh, more important than getting somebody to Jesus. Whatever it takes, let's get somebody to Jesus. There's a young man uh, sitting about in the middle when we, when we left this last service. He said, what time's the next service start? I'm going to try to bring somebody here. You, you see, it got through to him that Jesus was in the house. And if he could just get a friend, if he could just get a loved one to come, uh, that, that Jesus would show up, that he would move in their lives, that something amazing would happen. So they have this radical faith. They begin to tear the roof apart, begin to uh, push it back, begin to make room for their friend to be able to be lowered to Jesus. Because it's imperative to be in Jesus' presence. Nothing more important. You see, God moves in themes. The last couple of weeks I've been talking about drawing near to God. we got to become people who desire to be in His presence. You see, and what a, what a powerful statement of their faith. Powerful. They could have waited. They really could have. They could have went on the roof and just waited for the crowd to dissipate. But there was something urgent about getting this man to Jesus. There is nothing more urgent or more imperative than getting somebody to Jesus. Many times we prioritize everything above that. We prioritize our occupations. We prioritize our lives. But I want you to know that there is nothing more important even to the Lord than we get people to Him. It's an emergency. It's urgent. Get somebody to Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith. Wow. Some of, those, some of these statements in the Scripture just blow my mind. He saw their faith. How can you see faith? Faith seems like such an ethereal thing, a, a spiritual thing. How can you see faith? Jesus saw their faith because they put it into action. They did something because they really believed. Now, I want you to know, even without a spiritual context, that if you believe something, then you will act on it. If you believe that cutting back will help you lose weight, 
then you will act on it. Mm. Preaching to myself this morning. If, if you believe something, there is an action that follows that. Am I right? And certainly in the spiritual realm, these men didn't just say, Oh, I believe, but we're going to wait. Oh, I believe, but uh, maybe the Lord will uh, get to him someday. But they said, no, I believe, and whatever it takes, I'm digging through the roof. I'm carrying this man. He saw the faith. I remember the last time, I think it was the last time I preached on this passage. Had Bill make me a, a board with some cutouts in it, and we put ropes on it, I think. Anyway, we carried, I think it was Micah. But that was back before he was as tall as I am, right? And we carried him. I want you to see the determination. Because those four men, and I picked out some strong guys to help carry him, and he was not very big size back then. And before I got through preaching, they were worn out. It took some effort to get this man to Jesus. There was some determination. There was some oomph about them to be able to get him to Jesus. That's how Jesus saw their faith. Say he saw their faith. Saw it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. So there was some substance about their faith. Some evidence of their faith. They were uh, looking for God to move. The Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven sixteen, without faith it is impossible to please God. I believe God was excited about these men. I think he was pleased with them. He said, look at the determination. Look at the faith. And they begin to move because God responds. Jesus responds to faith. He responds to it. He saw their faith. He saw it. He was pleased. And can I tell you something? Faith is never a one-day thing. It's no accident that Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith not yesterday faith not tomorrow faith but now faith it's now it's current we, has, we must have faith that God will move right now today the old spiritual songs used to say that he's an on time God that he's a right now kind of God. And so whatever you have, can I just uh, blow some things away in your life? Whatever you have believed is too late for God to work on, I want you to know that he's a now kind of God who responds to a now kind of faith. And so it's not too late. Look at your neighbor and say it's not too late. It's not too late. Now faith. You see, this man was dropped at the feet of Jesus. And whenever he gets there, the Lord says, Son, your sins are forgiven you. 
Does that blow you away like it does me? The most evident need in the physical was his need to be healed from being paralyzed. That was the most evident. But the most important need that he had was for his spirit man to be saved. There is no greater miracle at all than that miracle of salvation. And Jesus does it first and foremost before he ever deals with this uh, paralyzed man and begins to talk to him and to tell him, uh, Son, arise, take up your bed and walk. But he saves him. See, forgiveness is a miracle of God. It really is. It's a miracle of God that our past can be separated. All of the sins that we have done, no longer there. Forgiven. Cast into the sea of forgetfulness. So Jesus takes care of the sin problem. And then he heals the disease. Now look, there's two crowds there that day. Pharisees, scribes. They're in the same room, but they have no faith in Jesus. No faith. They, they don't believe that He is the Messiah. They don't believe. But Jesus saw the faith of the four men. By the way, I believe there was a, another man that had faith. Can I tell you why? That man on the bed, I believe he had some faith too. I know that he had at least a measure of faith because the Bible says that, the, that God gives us a measure of faith. And that faith comes through, I mean, salvation comes through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. So I believe this man had some faith that Jesus could use and respond to. And that was a saving faith. But now, after the saving faith, Jesus says, Take up your bed, arise, and walk. What a, what a powerful thing for uh, Jesus to do. What a powerful, amazing uh, miracle that happens as this man is set free spiritually and set free. His body is loosed. He is able to walk, able to get up. Here are a bunch of pharisaical Cross your arms, show me what you can do, people. And then you got four uninvited, unsophisticated men who just simply believe if they get somebody to Jesus that something's going to happen. Now, this is just my mind. I want you to know this. is You're not going to find this in Scripture, but I say they were unsophisticated because I believe there was at least one in the pack. Maybe his name was Bubba. I don't know. But he said, I'm going to get him there. I'm going to pull back the roof. I might get my hands dirty. Sometimes faith will cause you to get dirty. I, I, I might be, uh, Peter might be mad at me that I've torn up his roof, but I'll pay the price later. I've got to get him to Jesus. And he begins to tear the hay and the straw and the leaves and the branches off in the mud, and he gets them to Jesus. Why do I talk about this unsophisticated group of men? Why? 
Because it doesn't take a complicated spiritual system to get you to Jesus. Hear me. You don't have to have a seminary degree to get to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, it just takes faith. It just takes faith. It just takes faith. I love the determination of these men. And see, I believe that God is telling us, I'm preaching this totally different than I did the first service, by the way. I believe that God is telling us to get people to Jesus no matter the cost. Get them there. Put aside your agenda. Put aside your desires and your wants. Put aside all of those things and simply get people to Jesus. And then leave the results up to Him. I promise you, you will not be uh, dissatisfied with what God does whenever you bring somebody to the feet of Jesus. For He'll save their soul. He'll set them free. He'll clean them up. And He'll make them uh, holy before the Lord that they can come into His presence. Wow. Hmm. Look at this. Jesus responds to their faith. He responds to their faith. They were creative. They thought outside of the box. Didn't care about tradition. Didn't care about their reputation. I bet that guy, men and women, that, that man, those men, I bet they weren't very popular with the owner of the house. After all these storms, how many roofs have needed to be replaced? Mine does. And here... Jesus sees their faith and he responds. You never have to worry that you'll come to, uh, to Jesus in faith and that he won't respond. If you'll exercise your faith and come before him, he will show up. Now, just a tiny sidetrack. All of us need about four crazy friends. And you may be smiling and saying, Pastor, I've already got them. Somebody who radically loves you so much that they don't care what it costs. That they will stop at nothing to get you to Jesus. How many have had some friends like that in your life? How, uh, Pastor, I understand this. They had to physically take him to Jesus because he was physically present on the earth. But how can I get my friends to Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Through intercession. Intercession. It's an old-time Pentecostal word that simply means that we begin to pour our heart out for that person before God. We begin to bring them to the throne of God. We begin to declare that God, I can't do anything about it, but you sure can. And God, I'm bringing their name before you, Lord. Touch them. Save them. Make ways where it seems to be impossible, Lord. I'm interceding on behalf of my loved one. My friend, intercession, constantly bringing them before the throne, constantly. And then, if you're taking notes, by the way, 
Number two, one, com- one intercession, two, conversation. Conversation. Pastor, what do you? Yeah, the way you talk, the way you live, when you speak truth, when you speak what God says and not what the world says, it has an effect on your friends. It's powerful. We don't talk enough about the power that we have in our mouth to speak God's word before people. And simply, that, that old uh, word, uh, uh, conversation, it also means lifestyle. It matters how you live. It does. It matters. Intercession. Conversation. Invitation. Invitation. This is what I talk, was talking about whenever that young man asked me, what time does the second service start? Are we too shy, too embarrassed to ask people to come with us to church to introduce them to Jesus? Invitation that they would be welcomed. Just like faith, if you're going to step out in this mode of invitation, it takes more than just verbal. Because people can ignore your verbal invitation to come to the house of God. Am I speaking the truth? Invitation goes beyond that. It says, hey, when you show up, I'm going to take you to lunch after church. Yeah, it's going to cost you something. But that's a part of invitation. Invitation says, I don't want you to have, uh, you don't tell them this though, I don't want you to have any excuse to not be here, so I'm going to come pick you up. You're going to get in my car, we're not going to get sidetracked, and we're going to the house of God where God's in the house. So I'm a heart deep. Get people to Jesus. No matter what it costs you. Might cost you your reputation. You might be really cool. I'm not. Just get people to Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, get people to Jesus.